everybody and welcome to my podcast. This is Rachel Paling. I am the creator of Neuro Language Coaching and delighted to welcome another guest this week and a slightly different guest this week because um, this lady has great experience in the coaching world and especially in brain-based coaching and neuroscience applied to coaching. So Rachel Bamba, welcome to our podcast today. Thank you very much, Rachel. And I'm very excited to be here and chatting with you as always. I know we always have great conversations. We do. And I'm delighted as well because very, very soon we're going to be welcoming you to the Neurolanguage Learning Conference in Lisbon. And I'm very excited about that too. And um, I, you know, I was really happy to speak at the first conference that you did in Germany. That's right. And um, I know that it's going to be even better uh, in Lisbon. And I know you've got some great speakers and and really great um, delegates coming as well this year. Absolutely. Yes. So, Rachel, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Okay, what a great question. Dare I say it, a big question. Um, <laughs> my, <laughs> my background, if you like, uh, which people often are quite intrigued about, I think, is that um, I started off after graduating uh, in social sciences, psychology, etc., um, working for international brands um, in consumer media. Uh, in London, uh, Express Newspapers, BBC, their exhibitions um, division, the post show, live show, and also BAFTA, i.e. the British Academy of Film and Television Arts. And yes, I have been on the red carpet uh, and know what that's like. And I was involved in leading and developing service teams to exceed targets. So I've always been focused on getting goals and worked in a high-pressure environment and uh, worked with all sorts of different styles of bosses, but very different uh, to uh, what I've since uh, trained in, if you like. And 16 years ago, I, after being introduced to a coaching style of leadership and managing people, and also neuro-linguistic programming, and um, had some you know, I loved it, had good feedback from my uh, managing director there and the trainer and everything. I set up my own business, Brighter Thinking, and since then I've worked for myself and, as I say, I've got the 16 years success as an expert in what I call brain-friendly peak performance. And ultimately, you know, I help people to get what they want faster and with zero stress. And the knowledge that we now have from the advances of technology so that we can learn about the brain, put people in the uh, fMRI scanners, the functional magnetic resonance imaging, uh, to give the full title, um, we can know what's going on inside the brain. That's really helped me to help my clients even more. And types of clients that I work with now, I do have to sign uh, non-disclosures. However, I can tell you that they are people in the public eye, elite sport, CEOs, senior corporate leaders from a range of industries, and business owners, people in the creative arts, and located all around the world. I've actually worked with um, people in every continent on this wonderful planet of ours, apart from Antarctica. 
So I am hoping to achieve that goal at some point. <laughs> wow. Wow. And um, just a little bit of history with the neuroscience part, because I know you've had some wonderful, let's say, um, learning experience on that side as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I was, well, the first person to achieve uh, what's called a diploma um, or a postgraduate diploma in the neuroscience of leadership. And what that's all about is helping people to what I call it, work with their brain rather than against it. And as I say, applying the knowledge of neuroscience, a lot of my work is helping leaders to communicate better with their teams and then I say it at home as well, um, to manage them better and um, to increase their results um, and performance. Um, so it is a, a wide variety. And the thing is, I always say to people, and I train people in this as well, that, you know, you can use this with children. You can use this with anyone. And you can use it immediately. And that's what I love about it. Wow. Wow. Absolutely. So in your, let's say, words, how do you think that coaching helps people? Well, I really do think that, you know, the ultimate sort of goal of coping, coaching, sorry, is that it helps them, helps people get what they want. It, and it helps people move from feeling stuck to gaining clarity because that self-awareness and helps people learn about themselves and therefore grow as a person. And you know, I, I really don't want to underestimate how important that is because I'm sure listeners uh, to your podcast will know that there, there's loads of people that have, haven't got a clue um, about the, their impact on others and um, yes. what perhaps they could be doing differently. Um, and so, so it empowers people. It helps them take ownership. It helps them take responsibility for the outcomes that they are accomplishing in their life, you know, at work and in their personal life. So I really think that coaching is a really positive um, aspect of human development. And what I really love is that coaching champions people's strengths. I'm very big on strength-based leadership and people, you know, uh, leveraging their strengths rather than fixing weaknesses and the things that they're not so good at. Coaching also stretches people to fulfill and what I like to say, exceed their potential. Now, I know that often gets that phrase gets sort of bandied around a bit. However, I think we all need people that are in our corner that are supporting us yet also challenging us. And as a coach, and I know you know this as well, we are in such a privileged position because, you know, we are not connected with somebody's boss. You know, we're not their boss. We're not their team, a colleague, a team member, or we're not even a direct report. And likewise, we're not connected to family and friends. And this makes a coach be able to give that powerful feedback, share those observations, hold a mirror up to what somebody is doing, what they're not doing, perhaps help them explain why they're getting the results that they're getting. But ultimately, you know, I always say I'm focused when I 
speak to my clients. I'm focused on you getting your goals. That's my job. That is my only agenda. And, you know, I'm going to help you to help your thinking so that you can get what you want. So, yeah, I think help coaching helps everyone. However, you know, people have to be ready to be coached. Right. And I do think, you know, then coming to it, with that open mind and, you know, what Carol Dweck coined, growth mindset, being open to learning, open to develop, um, obviously really helps the process. Right. So how do you think then the brain-friendly coaching takes it one step further? That's a great question. And I do get asked this a lot, actually. Um, and I think firstly, and really importantly, brain-based coaching ensures that both the coach and the coachee, or client, if you will, are in the optimal state for coaching. And what I mean by this, it's this optimal state for the brain to be able to make new connections, generate insights to think and to be creative, and also to be able to manage emotions. And this is really important because so often in our daily lives, we're not in that optimal state. We are in a stressful state uh, and perhaps we're not managing our emotions so well. But again, um, having the tools and the resources to help that happen right from the beginning um, is going to make a much more powerful and effective coaching conversation more likely. Now, secondly, the brain-based coach knows how to set up and structure the conversation so that the client, the coachee, is more likely to have these insights throughout the conversation. And what they're doing here um, is asking questions in a particular way, and they are very much focused on thinking. And this is really important because this brings on to my third point, um, how brain-based coaching differs, is that it, it's what I like to call, you know, the brain-based coach is facilitating and, and generating the client to do their own thinking, uh, to facilitate their own self-directed learning. And this is what I call pure coaching. The coach is drawing out the thinking from their coach, coachee, their client. They're not doing it for them. They're not telling them. Uh, they're not on their own agenda. And what this does in the brain, it helps the coachee make these new connections. It helps them have an insight. Ah, oh, you know, I know what to do. And so when that happens in the brain, then the coachee owns that learning. And so then they're more likely to feel excited, motivated by that, and more likely then to take action. And, of course, it's when taking action that the coachee is going to create change and do things differently so that they can then get this different result that they want. The other thing that uh, brain-based coaching differs, I think, in that when you know about the brain, you can't unknow about it. (laughs) So you you never think differently. And a key... uh, thing that has been found so much. I'm trying to think, we kind of perhaps knew this already. And, you know, neuroscience does confirm a lot of what we have hunches about, do you like? Yeah. You know, humans, we are social beings. Yes. Anytime 
yeah, we're with more than one person. We're in a social situation. And of course, that happens at home. It happens at work. It happens when we're out. And the brain is, is, is driven socially, um, if you like. And there's drivers um, in the brain that um, when we know sort of what motivates people, and we're all a bit different. There are some commonalities, if you like, but perhaps the magnitude of those can differ. Then um, we can coach somebody accordingly. So we kind of like the brain-based coach is going to have this inside Insider knowledge to help them be more effective. Right. And yeah, the fifth thing that I think really stands out for me is that the brain-based coaching really differs because it there is a structure there. Now I supervise and I mentor coaches from around the world who have trained in very different methodologies to me. Now I have knowledge of other methodologies and I've trained in several. But the one thing that they really do share often is that, you know, they don't know how to structure a conversation or, a, you know, a coaching session even, or even the whole, you know, coaching engagement of several sessions, um, if you like, that could be up to a year or longer. And so knowledge about the brain and, again, these social drivers and, and knowing how to structure the sessions really does have a positive impact. Right. And um, this... I think really does make a difference. Um, there is something else that I think, you know, we know that humour is, is good for the brain and also novelty. And so, you know, the more knowledge you have about how the brain works, the more you can keep your coachee engaged as well. Exactly, exactly. So moving now into the learning scenario, how do you think mm. the brain-based coaching can help with learning scenarios? Well, I really do think um, that it can help um, in all sorts of ways. And sort of back, it's first of all, I think, back to that optimal state that I was talking about earlier. You know, for example, let's take children. Um, many turn up to school, and I have this on uh, good authority, um, that they're turning up stressed. They're turning up in what we call, what we call um, a limbic state. They're, they're not in the right state, if you like, to get the most out of the learning. All sorts of things that could have happened at home before school. Um, some of them, sadly, may not have even had the right nutrients um, or a calm morning as well. All of this will impact the ability to learn. So when we know that we've got to do some things, first of all, to help a child learn and get the most out of school, and it might be to calm them down first and get them into what we call a toward state of the brain, which is much more rewarding and much more likely to engage with others and uh, cooperate and uh, be creative, have ideas, for example. That's going to make a difference. And, of course, um, I know that um, many people listening to this will be working with adults as well, um, and adults will turn up to work stressed. Yes. And in a similar limbic state, the yes. same applies. And so, again, you know, if we want adults to be able to learn at work, learn new, uh, new skills, which, of course, as we are progressing, this is becoming more and more apparent that we've got to be agile. We've got to be able to adapt in the work environment. You know, we have to be able to learn new things. 
we're going to have, want um, adults, again, to be in that optimal state so that they can learn to do things differently. So I think that is really fundamental. But the other thing that I think the brain-based coaching approach can help the learning process with is that, um, again, it's enabling people to learn for themselves. Mm. And I know, um, you know, when we've talked before, just to give an example, for when I learned languages, it was all by rote, and I never really understood any of it, to be honest. Um, if you can then, um, and I know you and your team do that so <laughs> wonderfully uh, with the people that you work with uh, in corporate, you know, when you're helping somebody to think, right, well, why do I have to say it this way, or what does this mean? You're asking them questions. You're coaching the learning out. Yes. They're developing that self-directed learning. So as I said earlier, they are making, you know, key changes in their brain. And we know, the research is there, that when people own their learning, it is much more effective. Um, the new neural connections are made in the brain, as I said. The other thing that the brain-based coaching approach encourages, again, because of the knowledge of neuroscience, is that we need to give people positive feedback or positive speak forward, as I like to call it. Yes. Um, and we need to be doing that for people who are in the learning environment, whoever we're interacting with. Mm. Um, so they need external feedback. But also what the brain-based coaching approach does, we are fostering and encouraging the learner to give themselves really powerful positive feedback and again what happens there in the brain putting it simply the brain goes hmm this feels good I like (laughs) this feeling blood of uh, dopamine serotonin etc in the brain the neurochemistry um, there and the brain then goes quite simply again oh I want this again I want more of this so (laughs) they're more likely to do that behaviour again. Now, I know, it sounds so simple and easy, and actually it is. Mm. And so we, and I can tell you that I would say, oh, just about, I would say 99% of the people that I've trained in brain-based coaching skills, uh, my coaching clients, people I've supervised mental, are very... They're not as um, willing, if you like, to give themselves positive feedback. And I would say one thing that I um, really, you know, get out of what I do is, you know, helping people to be able to acknowledge themselves for their strengths, what they do well. And um, if anybody's uh, listening to this and thinking, God, at the start, Rachel sounded very uh, uh, confident and very, you know, talking about all her stuff. Well, you know, if I don't talk about my stuff and mm. celebrate my own strength, who else is going to? And also, this is about my integrity, leading by example. I want other people to be able to do the same. Yes. So that's why, you know, it's important to me. Yes. The other thing about the brain-based coaching approach is repetition. As I said, the brain likes that feel-good feeling, more likely then to repeat. And learning, it is repeat repetition. Yes. Because... What happens then in the brain? The brain wants uh, is an efficiency machine. Um, it uh, wants, it's a bit lazy, I think. You know, it wants to use the least amount of resources uh, as possible because it wants to keep them in case uh, we have to run and there's a real survival 
challenge that we have to face. The brain is wired uh, for us uh, survival above all anything else. Mm. And, and so the repetition, the positive feedback, the thinking about our learning, reflecting on it, is all going to help hardwire that new learning. So, you know, I liken it to, you know, when we first learn something new, we, um, it's, it's like a little tracks in the sand, faint tracks in the sand. The more we keep uh, practicing it, the positive feedback, as I said, the repetition, telling others about, sharing our learning with others, etc. the more that becomes hardwired, and eventually it goes from those tracks in the sand to tarmac, you know, motorways or highways yes. in the brain. Yes. You know, we've literally changed the structure of that brain. Yeah, fantastic. Some great insights there. Thank you. And how do you see the future then of brain-based coaching and coaching? Well, I'm, I'm biased, obviously, um, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but I think the future of coaching will be more brain-based coaching um, because the new technology, the advances, we all have a brain. So I think we're all interested in a brain. And I know that, you know, Google searches for stuff about the brain is, is massive and growing all the time. So I think, you know, the brain-based approach will uh, supersede all others. Um, the other thing that I see really growing at the moment is coaching supervision. More and more organizations that I'm working with and I know uh, that other, you know, coaches that I supervise um, are working with are asking for this. In addition to the International Coach Federation, or otherwise known as the ICS um, accreditation, and I think this is because the coaching profession is gradually, albeit it's been slow, is getting a bit more regulated. Um, and as I said, I, I, you know, people are really understanding the value of coaching and as a way to help people learning. As well as, you know, people do training, but they know there is research around this. If you combine training with coaching afterwards, the retention rate and the use, the implementation of that training is far greater. And so I think that that's really um, growing there. And I think sort of knowledge of coaching is expanding. You know, people understand what a sports coach is. However, it's a bit of a misnomer. Um, some coaches, I can say, um, do tell their athletes what to do. However, I can also say the best ones, ones that get the gold medals, generally don't. Um, but I think, you know, people understand coaching, they're, they're recognising it's useful. The more and more celebrities, people in the public eye, CEOs, for example, saying that they have a coach, the more it gets accepted. And, the, and I think also, with, you know, mental health, is, is right at the forefront. Now, of course, um, coaching, and I just really want to share this, coaching isn't about fixing people. I don't believe that. And But I think it's about this idea, to me, that it's about mental health. It's about mental performance, if you like. It's, you know, we, we've worked on our body and thought about physical fitness and how toned our muscles are. Yeah. This is about thinking, yeah, how toned is our brain? How am I looking after my creative thinking, for it's example? A fascinating, my mind. fascinating it's question. Much, yeah, the way it, it, it's going is about this enhancing performance. And 
I think it has to be said because whether we want it or not, and I know there's all sorts of different uh, arguments about this, as jobs become more automated, there are a lot of you know jobs that are going to go, and our skills, you know, and our humanness, if you like, is going to be used for other stuff. So we've got to think, you know, what what's going to make us? What are the jobs? What are the things that we as humans can do that at the moment? Robots can't do so well. So anything that helps us to think better, yes. I believe, will be valued. And likewise, anything that can help us solve challenges faster, mm. and speed is of the essence, as coaching can help us do very fast, um, that's going to be valued. And of course, collaborate and communicate with others. Robots really can't help us do that, I don't think, um, at the moment. Um, so skills and coaching to help us do that, um, I think, is, is, is where it's going. But that's just, as I say, that's just my sense at the moment. Well, no, fantastic opinion there and really a great insight into the future and where we should be um, really focusing on our brains, or the way we're thinking. And, and yes, uh, coming into those positions where we can uh, use our humanness. I loved it when you said that, humanness. <laughs> so, Rachel, thank you very, very much. It's been a fantastic um, and very, I would say, interesting podcast today. So not only about coaching itself, but also coming into that brain-based coaching. So where can people find you if they're interested to connect with you? Oh, thanks, Rachel. Um, people can find me at either rachelbamber.com, that's R-A-C-H-E-L-B-A-M-B-E-R.com or brighterthinking.com. And um, there's ways on the website for you to sign up to hear from me. And I am going to say, um, because of my postgrad research um, and how the brain works, um, I do send people, I do uh, do a monthly newsletter, Brighter Thinking Tips, it's been going for years. I do email people. Um, and uh, rather than post a lot on social media. And so, you know, if you want to hear everything from me, do sign up to that. And there's all sorts of things and exciting new programs I've got uh, planned, uh, including relaunching my Find Your Hidden Energy in 21 Days or Less online program. So I look forward to hearing people there. You can email me, info at rachelbamber.com, and also there is a telephone number on the website too. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you very, very much, Rachel, for this podcast today. And thank you to my listeners. And looking forward to connecting with you next week with another fascinating guest. Take care, everybody, wherever you are in the world. Bye bye. <laughs>